0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 19, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game on Friday announced the largest ever harvest guideline for the Sitka Sacro herring fishery this spring, over 45,000 tons. But it's unlikely that the market can accommodate that many fish. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: Aaron Dupuis is the state management biologist for herring and Sitka. Saners landed only 16,000 tons of herring last year, which was just under half of the harvest guideline. In 2020 and 2019, there were no fisheries at all. Dupuis says that market requirements, as much as biology, have shaped the Sacro fishery in recent years.
2: The reason why there wasn't a fishery in 19 and 20, it wasn't a biomass issue. It was the size of the fish. Um, the size of the fish wasn't marketable for what they wanted in Japan.
1: The total biomass of herring in Sitka Sound is actually a little smaller than last year. The high harvest target is the result of a favorable age distribution of fish. Almost 60% of this spring's biomass is expected to be six-year-olds, weighing in at 136 grams, near the sweet spot for herring buyers in Asia. Still, Dupuis doesn't see permit holders, processors, and buyers ramping up to harvest the available supply.
2: And yeah, they want those like 136 gram fish. That's kinda like the best, I guess. So yeah, that's it's gonna be attractive, but on the same token, the markets can only handle so much. It wouldn't be physically possible for industry to harvest the entire GHL with the infrastructure in place right now.
1: Dupuy would say that 2022's biomass forecast is a peak were it not for the large number of three-year-olds observed in the sound last year, the sixth largest class of three-year-olds in the department's history. Those fish are now four-year-olds, and at over one quarter of the overall biomass, they are right behind the six-year-olds.
2: It's good. I'm feeling pretty comfortable with what we're seeing coming in to backfill this huge age class. So, it's not going to be a precipitous drop.
1: Dupuy says this year's Sacro fishery will occur at about the same time as the State Board of Fisheries' Southeast Finfish and Shellfish meeting, originally scheduled for Ketchikan in January, but since postponed until March in Anchorage. Although there are numerous herring proposals on the Board's agenda. Dupuis doesn't expect that any regulatory decisions would alter the course of this year's fishery. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Wolsey.
0: Comments made by the chair of the state's medical board at a recent Sitka school board meeting have been called into question. During the school board meeting on January 5th, Sitkin Richard Ween, a medical doctor who chairs the Alaska Medical Board, called the school district's mask mandate nonsense.
2: And N95s are the only ones that that are able to do it. The bottom line is, Joe McLaughlin said it's filtration, it's N95, cloth doesn't work. The surgical masks that I'm seeing here, et cetera, are poorly fitting masks. They will not work. And these things can be removed without any effect on mitigation.
0: Dr. Ween's comments were reported by the conservative Christian news blog, Alaska Watchman. During Talk of Alaska on Tuesday, host Lori Townsend asked the state's top doctors to respond. He says the masks being used don't work, especially cloth masks. And he claimed that you supported his statements, Dr. McLaughlin. And others who are against wearing masks say that unless people are taught how to properly put them on and only use N95s, they're useless. Now, you were just saying that any mask is better than none. So how, help us understand, uh, this is confusing information coming out of the, the state medical board's um, uh, chairman. Uh, help clarify what people need to know about masking right now. Dr. Joe McLaughlin is the chief epidemiologist at the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. Here's his response, followed by the state's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink.
1: In terms of the general recommendation that we've always provided, myself included, with respect to masks and face coverings is <clears throat> they're not perfect, but they are a helpful tool in, in helping decrease the risk of transmission of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, whether it's, that's from Omicron or any of the other variants that we've seen so far. And SO THE MASKING GUIDANCE THAT uh, CDC PUT OUT LAST WEEK um, REALLY KIND OF UNDERSCORES THAT FACT, AND MAYBE, Anne, I'LL SEE IF YOU HAVE
0: ANYTHING TO ADD TO THAT. YEAH, I THINK I APPRECIATE THAT, DR. McLaughlin. WE CONTINUE TO FOLLOW. THIS DATA HAS CONTINUED TO EVOLVE OVER TIME. SCIENCE CONTINUES TO CHANGE AND THIS VIRUS CONTINUES TO CHANGE AND SHARING THAT INFORMATION OUT THERE. I just want to also emphasize you know, uh, state government is large. Uh, we are not the medical board. We're not the pharmacy board. Uh, sometimes we joke that really the only authority we have is to Zoom. Um, and so there's a lot of different components within state government that do different actions. And so I think it's important to realize kind of the limitations of each of the different uh, sections within, within DHSS and within the state government and the federal government as a whole. Um, but really, Dr. McLaughlin and I uh, were part of the public health team here to share information, uh, which is different from medical Board, pharmacy board, and other boards. That's Alaska's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink, and state epidemiologist, Dr. Joe McLaughlin, responding to comments made by Dr. Richard Ween at a recent school board meeting in Sitka. Ween is a former Sitka assembly member and the current chair of the state medical board. He was named to the board by Governor Mike Dunleavy in 2019. Lawmakers gathered in Juneau on Tuesday for the start of the second regular session of the 32nd Alaska Legislature. Sitka's representative in the Alaska House returns for his 10th year in the Capitol. Sitka Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins went into last year's regular session with a priority of passing a constitutional amendment capping the amount that can be spent from the earnings of the Alaska Permanent Fund. His bill hasn't made it yet out of committees in the House. This year, Christ Tompkins says he still wants to see the legislature pass some solutions for the state's chronic budget imbalance. KFSK's Jovic Nicky spoke with him by phone about his priorities in 2022.
3: Going into last year's regular session, you made that your priority for a constitutional amendment. Do you see anything changing on that or moving or any anybody budging off their position going into this year?
2: I, I think a constitutional amendment is totally dead unless there's some kind of grand compromise in the legislature on the fiscal issues that have bedeviled Alaska for the last 20 plus years. And I, I do think there's the possibility of some kind of grand compromise, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a, a lowest probability, but it's a non-zero probability.
3: The price of oil has risen uh, since then, though. Are we, I mean, is is the urgency gone or is the fiscal crisis still there? I I, I don't
2: know how people are thinking about that. I mean, in my mind the The state is obviously on an uncertain fiscal foundation. in fact, it's not even really in my mind that's just a mathematical fact it it's It's just objectively true um and there will be sort of momentary and temporary relief because of the the you know live by oil, die by oil but a couple of things oil production is flat or going down so that alone is is going to basically drive the long-term, it, it's sort of like a long-term death knell for the state budget as it's presently constructed. And then if and when oil nosedives, which we know is going to happen eventually, goes up, it goes down, it goes up again, it goes down again, then we're screwed again. So it's just really dumb to live year by year and, Roll the dice and create predictable uncertainty and dysfunction. We shouldn't do it. And we should fix it.
3: What are your priorities going into this session? Do you have anything you really hope to accomplish? Realistically, you think you can get done?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still motivated to see what can happen on fiscal issues. I think I think there needs to be progress and compromise there. And you know, there's a bunch of other smaller issues but that's really really where my focus is coming out of the fiscal policy working group last year i i would love to see something good happen i'd love to see a compromise happen and uh and even even if the probability is low i definitely don't think it's zero even the probability is low i am um all for putting time and energy towards that end
3: any uh, of your bills uh, that you're especially hoping to get through this session
2: yeah i have a couple of bills relating to education relating to native and, and native languages and and immersion language education uh, a few others and they're in various states of the process i think there's a good chance that a couple of them pass and so that's you know something i'm excited to work on as well even if the focus and scope of those pieces of legislation is relatively narrow and specific.
3: Okay, and I see you've got uh, one bill so far in the first batch of pre-files. I think it's on marijuana convictions and public records on that.
2: Yeah, the idea there is is basically sealing the records of people who in the past were convicted of simple possession of marijuana and effectively that As society and our laws have changed and marijuana is no longer an illegal substance in the state of Alaska, um, that people who are trying to get jobs and get their lives on track and, and be productive members of society shouldn't be penalized for the rest of their life for having a simple possession charge with marijuana. It just makes no sense to me.
0: That's Sitka's Democratic Representative, Jonathan christ Tompkins Of the 284 bills introduced since the start of last year, just 37 have passed both the House and Senate, along with another 20 resolutions. christ Tompkins has introduced 10 bills and resolutions and has seen two of them pass both chambers. The regular session started on Tuesday, January 18th. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.